When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, Benzinga Nation. Who's ready to go ahead and get it started with the number one pre-market prep show? I'm your host, Money Mitch, and of course, I got my guys in the back, Joel Alconin, Triple D. We got a great show for you guys. We're going to dive on into a lot of action's been going on, right? On Friday, we had the Russell rebalance. We'll talk about that. And the question today, and you guys will see it in the title, has the growth stocks bottom? We'll talk about exactly that. Goldman Sachs coming out there with a couple of ratings. JetBlue also out there intensifying the bidding war. Trump's back. Yes, we'll talk a little bit about DWAC today. Earnings after the close, Nike. Gambling stocks getting a little bit of a lift. Wall Street expecting, of course, the durable goods. We'll talk about that. And, of course, pending home sales. And, of course, we might get into some ticker time. So let me know what's your favorite stock of the day Throw it up in the chat and let's get it started. Hit the like. Welcome to Pre-Market Prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right. Good morning, traders. This is a, a thing that I used to tell Spencer to do more of, and I think I need to do it myself. So I want to give a shout out to everybody that was here early. Bill, Jeff, the Nas, the uh, and Easy, Al, Miss Whitehorse, all you guys, Keith. Good to see you guys in the chat. Let's go ahead. Let's bring on the traders, Joe Conan, and of course, Triple D. What's going Stop. on, guys? Let's first dive in like we always do into the overnight futures action. What's going on out there, Joel? And We're looking good. Uh, follow through from that. Just furious rally on Friday. Uh, we're up 16 and a half handles at uh, 32.75. Off the pre-market high, that's uh, 39.48. Crude into green by 51 cents, 108.13. Uh, gold up 370, trading range at 1834. Silver up 27 cents, moving the same way for a change at uh, 2139. Bitcoin just just sleepy down here, up 45 dollars at 21,300. And Ethereum futures they're slightly in the red, eight dollars and fifty cents at uh, 12.1650. So triple D. First of all, how was the Russell rebalance? Quiet. Very, very, very quiet. It was, uh, you did see, and I do think a lot of the buying volume into the close was attributed to the Russell rebalance, but for individual stock movers, you really didn't see a lot. I wrote down a few, but it was quiet. I mean, it was really quiet. So, like, there wasn't, like, these big gappers going up 10% or down 10% on the close. There was some smaller stocks that had some moves, but overall, it was quiet. 
What do you think? You think the arms have just because I've mentioned that to you. Um, I stepped away just from the cl- uh, just after the close. I didn't. I don't know. It just kind of felt like, man, these guys are good. The arms are good. They get yeah. a hold of it. They plan for it, and you know they're ready for the shenanigans. But uh, is there any? Um, is there any ones you want to cover individually or um like i wrote down a few names there but i mean again it was very slow like you had agtc which i don't know if that was delete or not but you can bring up the chart of that one you can see it's like an 80 cent stock and it just boom oh, in the last man. five basically in the last minute uh you know collapses down like 57 cents i mean there was some little little moves like this on some yeah, small stock ikna yeah. was another one if you look around, uh, three thirty was four dollars. Closed up and gapped up on the close to five dollars and thirty-seven cents. Wow, so you know was there good. was some individual small little gappers, which obviously were attributed to the wrestle. But overall, it was quiet. But you know we did see a lot of buying pressure, and I think some of the wrestle had to do with that. And I mean, let's talk meta for a second too. It was obviously going from the growth to the value. It had nonstop buyers, and the buyers actually continue to a certain extent here this morning. This has been a Kramer pump. I mean, he had, obviously, Zuckerberg on the show a couple of days ago, but he's, you know, on CNBC all the time. I've got, I've heard him three or four times saying, you got to buy Meta, you got to buy Meta. So he's put, he's kick-started this Meta rally. Don't kid yourself. This Kramer, um, you know, he's still, you know, love him or hate him, he's a market influencer. And when he comes on, and says multiple days in a row, Meta, you got to buy this one. This is like, you know, the stock to own going forward. There's a big reason why Meta has turned around here. So I'd be a buyer of pullbacks, actually, on a stock like Meta. I have it in the in the kids' uh, long-term RESP, but so small because those RESPs are small. Um, I, I would like, uh, you know, if we got a pullback in something like this, of putting this in my long-term portfolio, though, um, uh, just the valuations become come down enough here. I mean, Netflix, we talked that one. It had a pretty good day. PayPal is another one that, you know, all these growth names, and maybe we should just go into this and segue from the Russell into the growth names because okay. the, the growth names is what brought us down. The Kathy names is what really started this massive sell-off for the last year. And back, obviously, you know, on May uh, 12th, I tweeted out that morning, it kind of felt like it was capitulation in a lot of those names. Those lows on ARKK never got breached. It came close a week ago when they were selling everything off, but they were hitting the value names. They weren't hitting the growth names as much. And if you look, ARKK, bring up the chart, perfect double bottom, 35.10, the low on May the 12th, kissed it, 35.65, fairly close, and we've been straight up. And last week, ARKK up 18%. So I'm going to say it here today. I said it back on May 12th. I thought a short-term bottom was in in the growth names. I think you can say, and obviously hindsight capitals, you know, is hindsight capital is always twenty twenty. But um, I think you can say here, like safely say, a short term bottom is in. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say I think we've seen the twenty twenty two low in ARKK. I don't think we're going to breach that low in ARKK. So you know, it's not a boldish call as as it was on May the twelfth. But now that we didn't make a new low, that these names were already so beat up. I mean, they've taken some of these, you know, growth names into value names because the PE multiples have come down so far. I mean, not not saying all of her names and, and Kathy's going to go up and she's saying she could do 50% annual returns going forward. I mean, it's just crazy talk. But I'm still saying that her stocks were so beat up. They were so oversold 
that I think we saw the capitulatory bottom back on May the 12th. And I think uh, we we tested that back on June 14th and the test passed. So I think I'm a buyer of pullbacks on those ARKK names. Just like I was saying last week, I, I said it when Eric was 40. I said, I kind of like Kathy names right now. Those are the names that are performing right now. It's all the names in her portfolio. Okay. Covered uh, a lot of stocks there. Just real We're going to cover any stocks. We covered the Russell and then we covered ARK. So we can go in. Well, you covered stocks. Meta and you covered Netflix. Okay. We did talk about those. So okay. I'm going to say, uh, first of all, for the Facebook, Meta, whatever you want to call it, had a nice rally. And yep. uh, the four o'clock buyers got excited. And yep. just be aware, they took it up to 72.81, right? And for Meta, uh, I did see a daily high there, right? 72.58. So there's your big level. You get into the gap. I didn't look at the Netflix chart, but uh, let's see if anything stands out to me. Uh, the high of the rebound, that's what you want to clear, right? Uh, the high since you made the low. Full disclosure, I am long Netflix, you guys. You know that? Two, two oh six. Well, that's, that's a long ways from the high of the rebound. And then for Kathy... You got a, one number, right? This is the high since it made the low, and it's going to press up against today, 46.94. So keep an eye on 47 bucks for Kathy. And to make a new high and close for the rebound, you got to close above 45.99. So potential resistance points, as we can see. Oh, how about the resistance in the spy, Dennis? Find me some resistance in here. I mean, there's the daily. Not, not I mean, much in here. <clears throat> no. Yeah, nope. you, you, you almost think you got a date with four thousand coming here. Yeah, if you go on S and P's four hundred on the spy. Yep, it was a nice rebound. Obviously, we had the value sell off. We kind of had the sell off and everything. We've been saying there's so much bad news priced in, and you could feel it a week ago. I mean, obviously, we've had you know some people saying different things, but you know, I kind of turned bullish. You guys know that if you listen to the show a week ago, saying the dip buying is working again, and it continues to work. So it seems like every time we get a little dip of 20, 30 S&P handles, it's getting scooped up. So there's a lot of bad news priced in. I'm not saying, and when I say the growth bottoms, and I'm not saying the overall market bottoms, and nobody knows anything. Again, we're going to go back to that. But I'm saying the evidence is showing me that growth is leading us out of here. So far, so good. If we get some good CPI data next week. One good number. Yep. Katie, bar the door to the upside. So, because that's what people are waiting for. And think about what's happened. We've had some commodity deflation happening around us. I know the gas prices haven't seen much deflation yet, but oil has come off a little bit here. We saw lumber, we saw steel, you know, we've saw some, you know, and you've went into it too, Joel, you know, corn. They've come down. So I think this next number could actually be decent. So I think, again, if you're all cash, I think the time, to be in all cash is gone. I'm not buying on rips, but you're going to get more dips. You'll get more nervousness. We've had multiple dips last week. I think you got to get some exposure out there because I think on at least those ARKK names, I think the 2022 low might be in. Yeah, we. I went over this uh, one day last week. I looked at uh, the ETF uh, for timber and forest street, 94 down to 74. Uh, beans have backed off. Soybeans have backed off substantially off the high. Weed is backed off off its high. Um, and we mentioned crude. Uh, yeah. but, I mean, it's, it's hard to say, you know, that the top is in and crude. And Natty Gas, uh, that pulled off too. That, you know, the commodities, they get going one way or another. They just, it, it's hard to stop it. Uh, on the rebound, let's see if uh, Natty Gas can hold this $6 area. But, um, 
good good days good day in the market on Friday and we were uh, Mitch and I were on at the close and uh you could just see that there there were just there were very you know a few days ago or when we bought them there were no buyers there were very few sellers on the close on Friday it just feels very different I mean, and again, you know, I'm in the trenches here trading so actively, making hundreds of trades every day. I get a feel usually before people say, do you have a crystal ball? Because and obviously I make bad calls, too. I make good calls, bad calls. Sometimes I read it wrong. But all I am is reading evidence and I get a feel being in the trenches. And you can ask other prop traders, too, when they're in there, they're in the trenches all the time. You get a feel usually before and it just feels different now. It doesn't feel like there's mass panic. It doesn't feel like every rally is a selling opportunity, which it was. It feels the opposite. It feels like in the last week, like it has turned. Sentiment towards the market, at least from a trading perspective, has turned. It can turn again. You know, maybe some bad news happens. You know, there's, you know, Ukraine situation, Russian situation could get ugly. There's rumors, you know, that they're getting ugly with Poland now. I mean, there's more bad news that could come that could change the entire you know, uh, you know, evidence here again, but just right now, it just feels different. Uh, I, I, I have been seeing that the dead cat rally. Um, the question is, is the dead cat rally turn into a bull market rally? I think that's what uh, we'll definitely keep watching. Have legs. See. It, it has it some legs. legs. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens today. I mean, a, a bunch of traders are going to be watching this, right? I mean, I think today is going to be the day where you're going to start seeing some traders really start mentioning that bottom word. So look out, like always. Um, we'll see what happens, and let's keep moving. Let's take let's take a look at some other stocks out there. Um, of course, keep your eyes on what happens. I, I always like to just watch ARKK because it's an easy way to look at the growth names. Um, but let's take a look here at one of those names, which Goldman Sachs downgrading here, Coinbase Global to sell um, and lowering the price target to $45. Um, I wonder what their price target was to start off, but I won't go there. Um, let's take a look here at Coin. Where is it at on the market and where is it going? I'd buy the pullback. I'm yeah, on the opposite yeah, side I, of Goldman I, here. I think yeah. it's... I, I think I'm sorry, jumping Joel, but no, we've that's put okay. in a pretty hard bottom here at 50. Um, I have a little bit of the long term portfolio. I don't know if I'd add in the long term portfolio, but as a trade here, I think Goldman's sell call is late to the party here, and um, I think I would be a buyer of the pullback actually in Goldman. So I think or in, in Coinbase. So uh, again, I'm not a huge crypto fan, so I don't know. This is like I'd rather own something else probably, but. If you're just looking just a coin and saying, would I buy or sell? Chart overall is obviously ugly, still in a heavy downtrend, but feels like that 50 is a level that I can lean on. And it feels like sentiment towards these growthy you know, names here, even though it's crypto, has turned. So this is the kind of name that could actually turn around on today. So I think I'd actually be a buyer of the pullback. There's a buyer at 59 right now um, in the pre-market, pretty firm. I mean, holding that bid since... Uh, you know, about 6.15, 6.30. That coincides nicely with uh, the low from Friday at 59.33. So I think you'll find out early on, on this one. If it, you know, if it holds at 59, why not go and go back unchanged? The problem is if you're, you're going, you're stepping out at 59, like where do you go? 
Because the yeah, two-day low, it's, it's yeah. Where do you go? Oh, and you had your close on uh, Thursday at fifty-eight eighty-eight. So what about fifty percent? Like what about the fifty yeah. percent retracement on the move? Sixty, Dennis. It's just about sixty because you bottomed <laughs> around 40, 40 83, yeah. and your high was at uh, eighty-three thirty-two. So uh, forty-three, half of that. It, the fifty percent's a little higher. If you wanted to play it on the safe side. Maybe wait till it gets back and holds 61 and a half. But right now, it looks like you got a buyer at 59. And as I said, your next daily low is a double bottom at 51, 57.83. I don't think you're getting there. Uh, my I don't only, think you're getting that far down either. Yeah. yeah, my only sign of concern with coin is not necessarily particularly coin news, but uh, you are seeing more mentions. Uh, three Arrow Capital, a crypto face hedge fund, has to meet uh -huh. a deadline on Monday to repay more than $670 million in loans. Uh, Voyager Digital did uh, loan them some kind of money and they need yeah. to get paid back. There's just too many concerns, I think, of... Uh, non-payment liquidity issues scary i would stay away but hey to, to each his own investment um in my eyes i just feel like this is way too high risk right now to maybe call the bottom yeah i don't see. think i'm gonna jump in myself but i said you know if i'm looking at this as a buy or a sell i'd actually be a buyer this is the kind of stock that i want but because you're right mitch with the crypto and all the other concerns why not go like you want to buy a pullback in something, and it's a nice pullback this morning, which is why you know it's it's hitting. But you know, like a Unity, you know, which was a stock that did not make a new low. Go back to Unity. I don't have a position at the low May the twelfth, twenty nine oh nine. Recent low thirty one eighty. Couldn't quite get down there. Now it blasts off for five days. If that was to pull back to forty, mm -hmm. I think I'd strike on something like that. So I agree, Mitch. I think the crypto thing will keep me away from it too. I just, you know, me. Yeah. I'm not. I can't say anything negative about Bitcoin because a thousand people reach out to me. Well, well, my guts, uh, I, I might, I might be the person who knows today. I will. Let me just preface something for you guys out there. I will be interviewing with Chris Ketchy at 10 a.m. Eastern. Do not miss it. MSTR's CEO Michael nice, Saylor. Nice. So nice. you guys come and join it so that we can talk about the future of Bitcoin. <clears throat> we'll be doing a one-hour special there. There's so nobody MSGR. more bullish than than Michael Saylor on right? Bitcoin. I mean, so he's levered up. So hey, Don't miss that, guys. That's going to be right here on Benzinga at he 10 a.m. He puts his money Eastern. where his mouth is, we'll tell you that. So he's trying. So It's he's sleepy down here. Up. I'll tell you, Bitcoin's sleepy down here. Yeah, and it I'll, could rally. Yeah. It's oversold, Joel. Yeah. I, I just keep hearing those hedge fund mentions and platform worries. And that just scary to me is just like, no, no red flag. Don't do it, Mitch. Don't do it. And, 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 and full disclosure, you know, I have a small legacy position in Bitcoin left, but I really don't have anything, you know, yeah. less than 0.01% of my net worth in this. So I've obviously not liked Bitcoin for a while publicly. Um, so I probably not just jumping into, you know, picking up coin here just on the pullback here, but it's kind of stock that I wouldn't be fading. And I'd be careful if I was like, if you're bearish Bitcoin, you know, I don't, I think eventually you could see 10,000. I do, but I think it's oversold. So I think it's got a, maybe a little rally in store here. So I'd be cautious selling it here, or at least selling it short. You got to be disappointed the way it performed on Friday, though. I mean, you know, if it's going with the NASDAQ, it seems like it went down with the NASDAQ and then. <laughs> Did and make then, new lows, at least. But yeah. yeah, it's not bouncing like some of these other Kathy names. And it wasn't up 19% last week, like ARKK. But Kathy's hot again. So uh, I, I will say, though, if you are thinking that these uh, 
that the Bitcoin could get that rally. Uh, maybe you're taking a look at some Bitcoin stocks out there like Mara and Hut. They are beaten down. They haven't participated in the rally. So just going to put that out there. Not saying that they're going to go up today, but um, they haven't participated and are extremely oversold. So we'll see what happens if those can catch a bid today. Let's keep it moving. Like sure. always, let's go I'm towards ready. the next topic here. I uh, want to get into, of course, the battle for Spirit Airlines. Uh, JetBlue stepping up to the plate, oh, intensifying the bidding war uh, for Spirit Airlines. We all know that uh, ULCC Frontier Group has been also in this battle. Um, one of the things that JetBlue did today is they increased its reverse breakup fee by $150 million to $350 million payable to Spirit. Um, just in case the for shareholders the deal falls through, a uh, lot of concern here. Who's gonna get it? And I mean, who you never know what can happen with antitrust reasons, right? Someone can step in here too and just kind of ruin that there for both of them. Essentially, you you don't know which way this is heading. Um, we did see a little bit of a rally in the airlines on Friday. What are you guys seeing now? Um, this saga, we can, well, maybe it's better to talk the airlines overall because this yeah, SAD, I can't saga, solve it. Yeah, I mean, hard. we don't know who's gonna get it. I tell you, every everybody kind of knows that JetBlue it's gonna have major antitrust concerns here. So yeah, I, I mean, we don't know how this ends. The JetBlue is saying they give thirty dollars. You know, obviously significant more than the Frontier offer, but who knows how this saga ends? But good couple days for the airlines too i mean they have been really beat up and we've talked about you know even to the cruise lines carnival cruise lines reported but you know from you know twenty dollars to nine bucks or eight bucks in, in literally seven weeks serious serious sell-offs these stocks are back to where they were and we talked about this with the airlines and the cruise lines a lot of these stocks are approaching their may 2020 lows when their ships were not sailing, when their planes, you know, obviously, you know, we were in lockdown. So different. I mean, the CCL chart, the low in April of 2020, which was the low of the move, was $7.80 and just got down to eight seventy. So I I just think there's so, such better shape, even though high, higher gas prices. But at least the ships are running. At least they got customers. At least they got revenue coming. So not that I'm jumping head over heels to jump in these cruise lines. We've talked the opposite side with higher gas prices and, you know, baby people being a little bit tighter. will go on less vacations. But, I mean, there's a lot of bad news priced in this sector too, Joel, airlines and cruise lines. Yeah, well, the, the airlines are just a, they're a mess. I mean, what you're hearing from, uh, like, a lot of canceled flights. I think I heard something that someone got a flight canceled, like, two days prior, and they said the excuse was weather. Uh, so I don't know if, if you want to look at the individual ones, looks like 14's a roadblock here for American airlines, right? Then you get into the gap area, Delta, boom, boom. A lot of bad news. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, overall, I mean, I know, I know Warren kind of dumped them at, at, you know, at a bad time and they had a nice rally afterwards, but just over the years, these stocks have just not been, you know not good performers right just no. going back a long time so i think they're good for trades maybe but as far as long-term investing I, I, not for me in the airlines well one way to definitely take a look at them is maybe with the jets etfs yeah uh, let's take a look at the jets 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 suck 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 sorry i had to jump that in there uh big dolphin fan <laughs> yeah 
Uh, Again, there's just a lot of bad news priced in here. It's hard to just come in and you can say and look at the fundamental picture and say the gas prices as high as they are, you know, the fuel costs and, you know, people being pinched. It's like hard to be bullish these things. But then you look at the charts and you're like, man, there's a lot of bad news priced in here, though. So, I mean, if we start seeing any type of gas price, fuel prices coming in or start seeing CPI inflation start to get in check. These things could have some rip-roaring rallies, too. So I think if you're coming in shorting these names, you're late to the party. I just think there's a lot of bad news priced in. Definitely something to keep on watch. We've been also hearing continued mentions of shortage on pilots. So I see you, chat. Don't worry. I see you guys on top of it. We'll continue to watch the airline industry to see what happens there. All right. Let's keep it going here. Yeah. And next one up, let's go towards the Trump SPAC there oh gosh um, let's get into that uh dwac uh plunging uh, about 30 percent for its second day in a row after sec probe mentions also getting mentions um by new york uh southern district new york has issued subpoenas that may seek to get some of the same documents demanded in the probe by the sec um that was disclosed on june 13th um, so keep this on watch, guys. What a mess. You never know what could happen here. Always, whenever I see concerns um, that have to do with outside of the company's control, that's when I definitely get concerned. Well, you need to be concerned on this months ago because this thing had $175 when, you know, and I don't know what the market cap of was back then, but just when we went hit crazy town, obviously, you know, when that got announced yeah. in the next few days, like Trump, 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 Trump. And this was gonna, you know, take down Twitter and be the social media platform. When was for the Twitter news everything. announced? What, what date was that? That was uh, uh, April fifth. Yeah, April fifth, I, I believe. What 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 was that, Mitch? Uh, um, April fifth. I wanted to compare it to like how DWAC has traded after that Twitter mention, right? Oh, after with, Elon you mean mentioned. With the Musk? Yeah, with the Musk. Yeah, it's been straight down. It's been straight down since yeah. then. And I think that's that's something that's to point. note also, you know, there. I think it's definitely affected the stock. I mean, if you take a look at DWAC, you go I back mean, if to for it, any reason 5th, that this um, doesn't that go through, this the, the, the SPAC goes back to 10 bucks. So if, you know, they block it and DWAC <clears throat> can't merge with True Social, this is back at $10. And I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Nobody's got a crystal ball. Nobody knows. This, but... That's the concern here now is you kind of know where your downside is. It's not zero on this because then it would go back to pre-SPAC. It's 10 bucks. There's your so risk. 25 is it? I mean, we went from 175 down to 25. We're going to go full circle, go all the way back to 10 bucks. I, I don't know, but there's definitely still some risk here if this doesn't go through. If it does go through, it probably, you know, still gets a pop because, you know, Trump is still behind it. And there's a lot of people who love Trump. So it's always had some value, but. The concern now is that this merger might not happen. The former low of the move is 2671. That's resistance now. So talk about me. You talk to the bot on the bullish side. When this gets back over 27, holds 27. If not, your risk is 10 bucks here, right? I mean, that, where well, else? Down we, to 10, 20, yeah, yeah, 15 how, how right can, now. Yeah. How can you, you know, Give a different risk reward ratio than that. 154,000 shares have traded. Um, that's it. Trading on the lows of the pre market session, too. All right. We can keep it going here. Uh, let's, what do you guys want to touch? Earnings after the closed Nike? You might as well. Yeah, talk let's to do Nike. Soon. Let's go. Okay. Let's do it. 
Earnings have been closed today. You'll definitely be paying attention to Nike. We'll see what happens. I remember, and and a shout out to her, Stephanie Link. This is one of hers. We'll definitely keep it on watch. Stephanie was really good. She said long term, but hasn't done bad since she talked about it. No, and she talked meta as well, (laughs) I believe. And that's obviously done well with the Starbucks last week. Remember those. She she's she's my type of investor because she's kind of got the value. She's looking at the Carl. financials. She's doing a lot of the homework that you know that uh you know a lot of people obviously mm-hmm. yeah. So she's doing some of the homework for us. So she when she wrote I wrote down all the stocks. I'm trying to have to go find the paper that I wrote them on. But when she was just rhyming them off, I'm right down the Stephanie Link picks because I like yeah, the yeah. way she does her homework and I think she does pretty dang well as a as a hedge fund manager. So as a money manager. So I don't know. Nike obviously is earnings tonight. So can you get a pre-earnings bump? I think so. You're already seeing it to a certain extent. I mean, obviously the market rallied too, so market effects are helping it. But definitely seeing a pre-earnings bump. What does it do afterwards? I don't know. Market sentiment has turned. So if Nike sells off on its earnings, I think I'd be a buyer of the pullback, depending on what the earnings are. But if for whatever reason it sells off, you've got big support down that 104 area. Yeah, you uh, it had good relative strength too when it came down and uh, made low. What a gappy stock! Like this thing is like it, it's very uh, sensitive to upgrades and downgrades, and you know when it's talked about on uh, you know fast money or whatever. One fourteen is a little bit of a roadblock there. Uh, not much, but uh, if I was looking at this today ahead of the report and I was looking to trim, I'd keep an eye on one fourteen seventy two. Uh, that was your June 15th high and on a pullback here, you know, if, if you try and pick it up and unchanged, um, that's another, it's another gap today. Uh, 1291 was the close right, right near the high at 1294. Someone asked me too about like volume and I don't have volume on my charts. I like to look at volume, like at the end of the day. Um, you know, intraday volume is not too much, but, and I, and I mentioned this to, to Mitch on Friday, Dennis, um, you know, we had that quad witch expiration, you know, a week ago, Friday, yeah. and we had real good volume. Well, the volume did pick up a little bit on Friday, so that's a good sign. So, but, uh, still the big volume, the major volume in the spider has been on the down days so far. So I would really like to see. <laughs> like a blowout volume, you know, like 140, 150 million on an up day. But uh, that'd be volume, the only thing. I'm going to say it here. It'll tick a lot of people off, but volume is a very overrated, overrated technical indicator that there people are looking at volume too much for trading signals. I, I mean, you, I look at volume on a stock just to know, does this thing trade? Am I going to be able to get in and out of it? If it's a stock, I don't know. And I know most of them, but if it's a stock I don't know, first thing we look at is volume. I'm like, well, I can't get in and out of that because, you know, I'm not trying to trade 100 shares or something so or 50 shares or something. I mean, I got to be able to get in and out. So it's why I pick more on the S&P because I can move bigger money in and bigger money out. Um, that's the only reason I use volume. Like, But people will look and say, oh, well, it's up, but the volume was light, so this isn't a real move. No, it was a real move. It moved. The price, moved. <laughs> the price, oh, price don't the lie. price moved. It didn't just make it up. Right. I mean, I, I think it's a very, very, very overrated uh, technical tool. What would you I say? I don't what? even have it on most of my. Well, I only have one chart, but it's not even on that chart. What would you say, Dennis? Then uh, for Arc View, uh, Anchor VWAP fans out there, uh, no, I don't use uh, any of that stuff. If you if you no, trade no, it, if that's it. what you're using, you know, none of it. Uh, yeah. 
right. Hey, it's if always... it works for you, continue to do it by all means. If yeah. you're just getting started and you're looking, you know, at volume indicators and you're relying on all your moving averages and stuff, I know how many moving averages are on your charts, Joel. It's zero. Same as mine. I have no moving average on my chart. If you can't figure out the direction of the stock, I mean, from looking at the chart, I don't know what you're looking at. So, I mean, a lot of people love moving averages. They want to see the crosses. They need the indicators. I believe it's a lagging indicator. I believe I can be ahead of it just by looking at price. So, everybody to their own. Whatever works for you, I mean, continue by all means, continue to use it. We are rolling over big time here. Right I know. I'm just kidding. What, what just happened, though? I thought, the, the, bottom bottom was well, I thought the bottom was coming, guys. What's going on? Nah. The bottom is already in, Mitch. I, I, I'm still dead cat I, I, I'm not going to back off because we sold off five points on the S&P. Yeah, I'm saying I, I believe I gotta that you have seen. I got to at least put the pressure seen, in at least. I'm going to say it again here, though. <laughs> I believe you have seen the 52-week. I believe you have seen the 2022 low. In ARKK, I said it a couple times that there was the potential for it to be in. That has held. I literally tweeted it out at 9:45 on May the 12th that it felt capitulatory, and I thought ARKK could bounce, and it did in that next week. And I got paid for that call. And yeah. you know what? These ARKK names did not make new lows. The unities of the world and all that. The selling all happened for the first five months of the year, and they were all massively oversold. They did okay. not make new lows on the move. I'm going to say it again. I believe the 2022 ARKK low is in. It could be wrong. It could all change. Maybe everything collapses, but we've priced in a lot of bad stuff. And if you are thinking that, oh, I need to short stocks here now, I think you are late to the party. Is there going to be a sell-off? There will be. I will be a buyer of that sell-off in some of these names. I, I will state, though. I will state. I know, I know that you guys don't like your technicals. What I lost my I lost my camera. It, it, it wanted to cut me out, guys. It said, "No, no, you're not allowed to show what you want to show, Mitch." What happened there, buddy? <laughs> <coughs> my camera said, "No more. You, you're trying to show something that no one cares about." Now, I will I will say that it did pretty good on the reading. That 23 level reading, we started bouncing off of that. So, look at that. My camera is not cooperating today. Yeah, I'll fix it, guys. Um, but definitely, okay. I'm, I'm going to be watching that, that rally uh, level that I'll give. Uh, I'm looking for a move back up around there, around the 405. Uh, so that's going to be the level that I'm going to give there. Big reason why is that I will be watching for similar bounce that we got last time. When we got about 9% bounce up there towards the second level resistance. Um, let me get my camera to work here, and okay. I will bring on Tim Quast. Okay. All yeah, right. this will be interesting with Tim. All right, there you go. Camera should turn on in a second here. And boom, I'm back, baby. All right, let's go ahead. Let's do it. Let's dance a little bit. Let's get it. Let's get the, the shoulders loose a little bit because you know what time it is? It's time for a market structure. All right, let's get after it. Let's get after it. Get those shoulders loose. Up. It's going to come into the trading action with none other than Tim Quas. How are we doing, Tim? Very well, Mitch. I'm glad that you returned because I was going to ask who EOS Webcam Utility is. Uh, because that's yes, that that's uh, my name canon you know sometimes <laughs> i go by canon <laughs> <laughs> well good to see you guys it feel it feels like it's been a long time yeah, I've, uh, yeah. you know what it feels like tim 
I need to get out there to spring, <laughs> spring look, bowl. Look, look behind look there, how, man. That looks beautiful out there, man. It is a, it is a beautiful day in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. It was 45 degrees here this morning. I Whew. opened the windows, cooled it down to 59 degrees inside. It's just uh, uh, awesome. In fact, I'm about to go have coffee. I think you can see that fire pit behind me there. <laughs> And sit out there uh, looking over the river and have a it's cup of coffee. It's not a bad life. Not a bad it's life. It's not bad. It's not bad. Although, How, if you looked market? at me, you would, you would say it's taken a pretty heavy toll. <laughs> well, the question here is how's the market here? It, we, we, the weather's not that bad, but how's the market looking? Well, well for, for uh, Edge Mob users, it's been very good. We've, and I'm, I'll, I'll mention what one of our users sent to me. He said, uh, so I've just been tracking what you mention in the daily market desk notes and we just look at supply and demand there that you know, all that matters is do you buy things that have a probability of rising so that whatever price you pay is lower than where you sell and he said i tracked that for uh, april may june through the 8th because that's where broad market sentiment topped good time to be out and the the, the just taking two percent from those picks uh, the, the, we were up 49% at a time when the whole market was down about 20%. So that's about a 50% divergence. And it's not because we're geniuses. It's because the data work very well. Uh, I My last week, uh, following options expirations, I, I had no cash in the market around options expirations because it's just too risky. Uh, so once once that was passed and broad market sentiment dropped to historically low levels, uh, then I returned to the markets. I traded particularly and heavily AMD and SGen, Seattle Genetics, last week, and it was my it's my best trading week of all of 2022. Nice. So I I feel very you know again I I get I'm less concerned about the I think you should be aware and you should have a basic understanding of the macroeconomic conditions, uh, but then you want to the the whole the principles always apply that you want to be where there are opportunities. And I'll give you a couple little data points here from what we follow. We, we give everybody a portlet. This is not about edge. I'm just telling you how we think about the market. We have a, a big and stable portfolio that's dynamically generated that tells us, well, if the market is volatile, be in this stuff. Well, there were zero components all of last week. So we could say, well, it's not a safe time to trade uh, big and stable things. And then we have a momentum portfolio that will tell you these are things that tend to outperform the market when the market has rising demand. And there were zero things in that. Then we have a portfolio that looks for, we call it liquid up. And it's looking for rising demand in liquid stocks. A week ago, there were zero stocks in it. There are 58 in it now. So it tells us that there is a resurgent uh, a demand cycle that will probably carry us. It will depend. It will probably carry us into quarter end. Then, then we'll see because window dressing will occur. That's a term that means that institutions will look at how they're uh, doing relative to their benchmark. They will. They may harvest some tax losses. They may uh, take gains in winners. They may reallocate toward positions that they think are going to do better. These are all things that people should be aware of. We always say there's there's BCD. There, <clears throat> the BCD is an acronym that says beware of broad sentiment, understand context, and buy divergence. And if you do those things over and over and over, it works really well. So it's been short answer, Mitch. It's been a very good stretch to me.
to be a, a trade. Definitely. Now let's go ahead. Let's dive on into the edge. Where are the mobsters at? Let's get into the market structure edge. I know the mobsters are on out there. So let's go ahead. Let's take a look. Let's see what the data is telling us. Like always, data dependent like the Fed. But we'll go ahead and into speaking it here. of which, I'm glad that you mentioned that, Mitch, because it's a very important point for uh, everybody who's a participant in the equity market to understand. First, equities and bonds have plummeted at, at a pace that we have not seen in my adult life. I mean, it, it's, it's been an epic collapse for both. That's very unusual. Uh, we have outside advisors. We I, I met with them last week and we talked about this, that these, these conditions that have been very disturbing to many. And look, I've got long-term positions. Dennis, you have long-term, but you yeah. probably all do. Yeah. Uh, and they have taken a shellacking. There's yeah. no question that, that you know, a, a very conservative portfolio is down about half what a what a, a more aggressive equity exposure portfolio is because bonds staged a pretty good recovery in the last week. But still, both are down double digits. That's It's very challenging. So I'm yeah. not dismissing the, the degree of challenge. Uh, and for the Fed, you know, I, I always I, th this notion that economies overheat is twaddle. There is no such thing, people. Economies don't overheat. If I have a surge in demand in our business, we hire people and we expand the de deployment of resources to meet demand. That's how economies work. The only thing that happens that causes the Fed to have to address inflation is excess money. That is it. If you're, if you're looking at a poker game and people have purchased chips and they're playing the game and you come along and drop a big pile of chips in front of everybody, speculative bets will soar because who cares? There was no exchange of value for those additional chips. And that is exactly what has happened. And so there is a speculative fervor that has to be removed from the market. And there is only one way to do that. And that is to reduce the supply of money. That's what the Fed will want to do, but it will it will fail to do. It's going to try to raise rates to a level that it can cut them because the, the consequences of introducing too much money into the system is inflation, which will be followed by deflation. This is as old as, the, as human culture. So that's what I'm going to expect from the Fed. So then we have to understand, well, how do we navigate that as traders in the market? And <clears throat> so to answer your question, Mitch, here's something very interesting. Why did uh, Norwegian Cruise Lines, Carnival Cruise Lines, Royal Caribbean, why did those stocks surge last week? Well, let's look at airlines and cruise ships uh, to see, is that where the money's going? Well, this is, you know, this is not bad. This is the demand curve. So for, for demand to be to have to have excess demand, the read in normalized to a 10-point scale has to be above five. Well, it's not there, but it certainly is recovering. And then the supply side has to show a big <clears throat> divot. Well, there you go. There's the big divot in the supply side, and that is why these stocks surged. But the fact that the supply side is still over 50%, over 50% of the trading volume in the typical airlines and cruise ships component is borrowed, short, artificial. It is still like Fed money. So how sustainable is that game? Well, unless this gets above five, not very. If, if you were fortunate enough to trade those three uh, stocks last week, you should be thinking about taking gains, not chances, and finding a better condition with stronger demand. 
That's where you, how you have to think about this to me, Mitch. Uh, so let's look at where the money is Are going. you still then overall, and I still feel the same thing, mm -hmm. kind of like still buying dips, selling rips type deal, fading moves to a certain extent, because obviously, you know, the cruise lines were oversold. They right. bounced here. So yep. still just reading like, you know, the, the waves going here, pun kind of intended with the cruise lines, but. I do that. I, you know, you could look at advanced, you know, AMD. Why did I trade AMD? For one reason only. Because you'd look at that and say, well, that's miserable, Quast. Why would you trade that? Whoops, I lost my screen here. Hang on. Stress. There we go. Hold on. Boom, boom. Uh, gotcha. That's gotcha. the problem with having too many. You know, that was a fat finger right there. Ah. That was a <laughs> classic <laughs> example of a fat finger. You got to call me, Tim. I'll set you up. I got <laughs> some tricks. <laughs> that's, that's how you inadvertently uh, buy 500,000 shares of something. Oops. Uh, so, don't do that. so here's. That's what we say. Take the elbow off. <laughs> right. So. So I bought uh, AMD purely because of that condition that we just saw in airlines and cruise ships. You see this down here? This is a okay. supply deficiency, and there's no real increase in demand, but that will translate coming out of options expirations. And uh, with broad market sentiment bottoming, I know that I've really stacked the probabilities in my favor of producing a very good return. But to your point, Dennis, am I going to hang around while the, the trend continues to be down on the supply side for AMD could do well? I think there are a couple of chip companies reporting results this week. I'm not saying they won't continue to deliver gains, but yes, I'm very, very quick in these under, in, under these conditions to take gains. I'll go look for something else. So, uh, you know, I bought Roku, <clears throat> so I have pretty big exposure to Roku. That's a bold, uh, that's a bold call. You've just bought I, Roku recently? I bought it last week. I took the money from what I had just deployed and I put it into Roku because of this. Yeah. Because the demand, there's a strong demand ramp and there's insufficient supply. Will I stay there? No. <laughs> I'm going to once again be very quick. To, to take that, the gains from that divergence. But that is a classic divergence. The weakness in it is it's not above five. It's on its way there. And, and the supply side continues to trend down. Those are, that, that is a condition I will buy, but I'm not going to hang around. Talk, because talk I, about that Roku. So obviously we just saw, yeah. and what day was it that you actually saw it to come off one? Because it's been down there at one. Is, do you buy it the first day it comes off one? I bought that before it. I bought. Oh, you're just saying it's the, down there too long. It's oversold. And you would say, well, this, this seems confusing. Well, there you do you do different things at different times. When when broad market sentiment is rising uh, well above five, maybe even over six, then I'm going to go look for tens stocks that are at ten with insufficient supply because those things are likely to continue to give me uh, gains. And it's very much like catching the inertia. There is so much. There's such a carry through here. I know that there, there, you know, there are three things happening here. A, we're out of options expirations. People are going to re-lever. They're going to readjust their exposure to derivatives. Yeah. There was record futures volumes yeah. uh, last week. Well, that's a, I can ride that. So I know that it, while it's riskier to trade something at one with insufficient supply, I know in those conditions, number three, month, uh, month end and quarter end, where everybody's going to reweight. You could even throw in the Russell rebalances. I know yeah. that the Russells are going to create some shifting. People, you know, bonds have done well. Equities have done less well. Maybe people reweight a little bit more heavily to equities. Uh, there, there are 
half the inflows that there used to be. There's no question people are cautious. I'm I'm not putting money into uh, long-term accounts at a rate that I'm, frankly, I would be focused more on reducing expenses than increasing my exposure to risk assets. Why would I throw a bunch of money into risk assets that might decline? I will wait for for the long term for economic conditions to be more uh, hospitable. But here, from a trading standpoint, I can kill that. That I know I can take advantage of. That's how I think about it. There are times to buy things that rise over five. There are times to buy things that are at one with with insufficient supply. There are times to buy tens with insufficient supply. And I think uh, it's all about BCD, broad sentiment, context, divergence. That's what I think about. And this isn't any system. And you can get a quantitative system, which obviously your system is, and be like, okay, well, what do I do with this? But you find your niche within your system. And you're telling us there are certain times you know, not every 10 is a sell, not every one is a buy. It's certain times to strike. And what you've found is your niche within your system that works for you. I mean, this is in every trading system. Trading systems right. are tools. It's still a matter of how the trader interprets those trading systems. That's going to define their success or not. Absolutely. No question. So uh, that, that, that is spot on, Dennis. Uh, the one interesting we th- thing we saw about where the money is going. I mean, if you look across what I, I should explain this, these are all supply demand curves. So everywhere, you know, I forgot to update this big and stable going to be at five. We're going to look at the supply side here are building materials. One slight downtick in, in the supply side that can produce gains. It's not great, but I'll tell you what looked pretty good to us and which bore out in a, in a variety of data sets. <clears throat> Interestingly, tech. Now, tech is a long way below five yet, but so is the broad market. The broad market is at 1.6, thereabouts. And uh, it's only been there four other times in the entire data set. And every one of those times, the market surged short-term afterwards. So that's, again, something in our favor. But I, we looked at this. The, the sector that received the greatest weighting last week, we looked at all 11 sectors. Where did the money go? The number one sector as Russell rebalances finished, was tech. It had the biggest allocation. And look at this demand uptick, supply downtick. So I know t- there are things in tech that could be that could do pretty well. And again, we don't give advice. We're just talking about these are these are things you could look at from a supply demand perspective. Atlassian, I look at Atlassian and say, well, you know, what's the supply demand curve here? Well, that is exactly the kind of thing you want to see: surging demand, falling supply. The probability, all other things being equal, that that continues to rise for a number of days, two, three, four, is very, very high. Uh, CrowdStrike. Here's another. I'm just picking Good from call tech. on team too. I believe it got. I believe team got an upgrade today. If I'm not okay. mistaken, trying to yeah, team upgraded by Goldman Sachs. Maybe they're looking at your system here, Tim, because they upgraded <laughs> to buy here today. Goldman did. <laughs> <clears throat> we, we do we do have one distribution partner uh, through for, for edge data to institutions, <clears throat> um, but the so there there's uh, there, the great demand in CrowdStrike, very insufficient supply, all other things being equal, that's very likely to move. Those are the kind of conditions that I will put a lot into. It's not I'm not I don't dabble. You know I I it drives me batty listening to these CNBC programs. No offense to CNBC. Uh, where we they're the what do we we call what do you think of this stock programs where they say well I'm starting to nibble you can't make money nibbling 
That's a good point, that's not, too. That's not how you make Jim, money. Jim, what about the financials? They got to be like Bank America or J.P. Morgan. <clears throat> I mean, another thing, if you want to cause for concern in this rally, has been, you know, the lack of uh, participation here by the financials. Is there any – I mean, this Bank America can't be too far off one or J.P. Morgan. Could you touch on those? Uh, and what yes. you looking for this week? So let me hit that in two ways, Joel. So here's financials for the whole sector. 512 components. Passive money is the lead behavior. What that means is passive increased week over week more than all the other three behaviors. Well, it's exactly what you expect around a Russell rebalance and into quarter end. So I would say, Joel, this would say generally that's pretty good news for financials. That financials look pretty good. Now let's go over just just the big. I have a portfolio just to look at the big companies. So. Here, there, you know, there are eight companies in here, same lead behavior. If I look at the supply and demand equations, not as good as I would like to see. The, the, the demand or the supply trend t- continues to be up, so there's a little dip there. If we go click through, I was surprised by that, Joel. I really thought we would see more strength from big financials, and I'm not sure what that's saying. Is that telling us that there is, you know, there, if, from a rational perspective, you would say there is concern that even though these banks all came through stress tests, at the Fed, are there risks for these firms if things begin to deteriorate at a at an accelerating pace economically? Uh, I don't know. But here's your t- so to your point, City is actually you know if you if, if you look at the ranking by demand, you would say City's at the, uh, is the best. These are all starting to move up. But look at City's supply side, fifty three percent short. That's not awesome. A- active money believes the same thing you do. Active stock pickers are buying City, so. The, the same conclusions you would draw are shared by p- thinking people like yourself. Uh, the, pr- the trouble to me is that, that if it's f- unless that comes down, it will be very difficult for city to sustain gains. It's, it's all, <clears throat> it's all just, you know, your system though. And I mean, I, I, yep. I still want to bring it back to that. A systematic approach to the market has always been, you know, at least from my perspective, so much more consistent. Yeah. Like, you know, I come on this show and we give opinions all the time, but I always say mm-hmm. my bread and butter isn't my opinion. My bread and butter is more my systematic approach to the markets where I'm looking yep. for little setups, you know, whatever that is. And we talk about these things all the time, but everybody's got an opinion. But I'll tell you, like a lot of people believe, oh, yeah, Citadel, they've just got so many smart people sitting there trading and giving opinions. It's systematic approaches that are making yes. money consistently, where quantitative approach to the market, if you're looking for consistency, that's yeah. the approach that, you know, the consistent traders take. I agree. I, I would say, we're, you know, our, our systematic approach is more akin to Citadel's than anybody else's. I think so too. Citadel looks at supply demand imbalances. That's what they do. They're going to sift the tick data and say, where are we getting more buys or, or sells? Uh, and they can see everything. You know, they're, 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 in, they're yeah. pinging dark pools. They're in all the displayed markets. They're in 220 global markets and their machines can read all of that data. Mm-hmm. They're, cons- they're the largest consumer of retail flow. So they're going to know when retail flow slows all of those things are, 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 are fed into a system that will tell them they want to spend as little time as possible exposed to the market and only in those areas where they know they can make a long, short profit. Yeah. And they are after small pieces, not big gains. I, I mean, I was saying the same thing before I came on the show, just uh, with my own trading. It's like I feel like I'm in, you know, the reason I'm pretty good at calling the turns in the market 
is just that I've got, you know, I'm in there all the time and I'm trading and I can really feel it. I mean, imagine their quantitative system that's, you know, a thousand times bigger than mine feeling this all the time. The yep. quantitative approach to it all, it's a huge edge. No question. And the rules favor a citadel. It's a time priority market, which means the market is priced by the first fastest trade at the best price. And uh, all stocks have to trade between the best bid to buy and offer to sell or somewhere in there. And retail traders you know, are, are, are notorious, no matter what you hear from uh, the market structure experts, we're notoriously poor at using marketable and marketable limit trades. That is things that are between the bid and the offer. That stuff is going to have to get filled, particularly if they're s- smaller trades. You know, the, 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 uh, we, I talk about this all the time with the edge mob, that the rules say a, trade, a marketable trade for 100 or fewer shares has to be executed. That's the law. And so Citadel is going to go stick Goldman Sachs's dark pool or, or Credit Suisse's dark pool with that trade. I mean, that's what's going to happen. So all the algorithm, people behind all the algorithms know that. You go look at AMD, one penny mm. spread. Very easy for me to just do you know, a whole series of 99 share market orders because I'm going to get the best price. And then when I want to leave, I will look at the, the bid-ask spread again, and I'll, I can put a marketable limit order in there just a little bit above the best offer. And I know I'm going to get price improved because I'm a retail, it's a retail order. And somebody's going to go take it and furnish it at, at an exchange for three cents better than what I would have gotten looking at the best prices. Well, I know all this stuff, right? So I know what I can do to get a best price. And so yeah. do all the algorithms. I'll tell you one thing, there is definitely edge in the quantitative models. So there you guys see it. And uh, thank you for joining us. Like always, Tim Kwa, CEO, Market Structure Edge. Check it on out. You don't even need a credit card. You guys can check out the link in the description below. And we'll bring you back, like always, Tim Quast on Market Structure Mondays. Look forward to it. I am Thanks, out man. next Monday because oh, I'm, dun, dun, flying dun. To, I'm flying to Switzerland. All so right. I'll catch Ooh. you from there. So this guy, okay. man, he lives the lifestyle. <laughs> I tell you, Tim, I'm just if trying you to need someone the in your luggage yeah. or taking care of luggage. He's, there's always it's money. Tim Qua- <laughs> it's Tim Quas and Jeremy Newsome. These guys just live the lifestyle, <laughs> man. The all life, over man. the world, traveling, trading. Hey, man, we doing edge. something wrong, Joel. Yeah, man, if you use that, you can do what I do. Thanks, you know, Tim. That was great. Right. Thanks, Thank you, Tim. Appreciate it. <clears throat> All right, guys, let's keep it going here. We're going to go ahead and wrap on up in just about two minutes. You guys can go ahead and join Joel Alconin on Pre-Market Prep Plus. Um, let's go ahead. Let's wrap on up with maybe a, a quick little talk about what's coming today. Uh, durable goods should have been out already. I can take a look to see that. Um, but also just to keep it on the forefront, at 10 a.m. Eastern, you'll get off. pending home, in, <laughs> home sale report. Um, so keep your eyes on that. That's going to be definitely also news to watch out for. And we can maybe touch, maybe to see how the gambling stocks have been moving. I know Joel has been seeing Penn take a nice lift there. I've been seeing DK and G take a nice lift, but we can talk about whichever one. I think they're very similar charts. And also casinos have taken a little bit of a rebound. But what do you guys see out there? And I'll get us a durable good number. I mean, the uh, relationships re- too, Joel. Go yeah. ahead. I know you got to go. Go ahead. Yeah, Tom. no, I'll just say Penn had uh, one of its best days in a long time and is trading up again. So uh, filled the gap up at the $32 area. It just looks wide open here. Uh, it really does. It had a great move on Friday. 
part of a two-day move. So I'll let you guys take it from here. Uh, just hanging out mid-range on the session. So um, stock's got a hold in here. Pre-market highs is our first target, 39.48. And if uh, you're looking for any daily highs, uh, the only thing I have is an interday high for you, and that's closer to 39.60. So everyone have a great day. And uh, Mitch, I'll check in with you later on. Boom, boom. Let's get after it, guys. All right, I'll get Joel on out of here. And it looks like my camera is not cooperating today. So definitely going to have to... I wish mine wasn't. This hair is plugs. crazy today, man. I um, mean, I don't this know hair what's going is on. crazier than normal. Um, looks like my USB is cutting out on me. We'll have to fix that in a little bit. But hey, don't worry about that, guys. Durable goods, though, did come in there for May at 0.7 versus a 0.1%. Uh, percent, uh, Prior was a 0.5, so it looks like the estimate was way off there um, on durable goods month over month. We'll just keep on watch to see how the markets react to that. Um, what's going to be on your kind of radar today, Dennis? What should we look out for? I'm looking, for, I'm hoping for a pullback and to get into some of those growth names. Like, I'm, and I'm not like a one percent pullback. I'm actually would like a down day here. And again, you know, as much as we were oversold, I mean, ARKK was up 19% last week. So, do I want to chase it here at this point in time? No, I think that I do think that the, the 2022 low is in. I'd love ARKK to get back down like that 42 area, and then I'd start picking on those stocks and have your shopping list. You know, Unity, like Coinbase, it's nice that it was a downgrade, but it's Coinbase. I wish it was Unity or something that was trading down. Um, but, you know, have your shopping list. I think some of these growthy names are good for swing trades to the upside. But I think you need a pullback first. So I'm waiting, hoping we get a little bit of a pullback, and then I'm going to strike. All right. Thank you, Dennis. Like always, have a good day, and we'll see you on tomorrow. So take care, Dennis. All right, guys, I'm going to start wrapping on up here. I will preface what we got on Benzinga today. I think it's important that we do this more often is run you guys through. What do we got? I already got all the streams up for you guys. So if you guys want to go ahead and hit a notify me when they get started, you'll see that button right underneath these thumbnails. You guys can come check them up. Up next, we got live options trading and day trading with Benzinga. You guys know Lord Ryan Zunade will walk you guys through that. Then we'll get into it with Chris Ketchy and myself on the future of Bitcoin. Michael Strat uh, MicroStrategy CEO. Uh, Michael Saylor, please come on over, guys. Check that out. It's going to be a fun conversation about Bitcoin and the overall market. What's next? Where are the opportunities? We'll talk a little bit about that. Futures trading after that uh, with Ninjas trading. That's going to be at 11 a.m. Then we'll get into Benzinga Live with none other than, of course, producer A.B. Going on over to Stock Market Movers, which is our brand, our newest show. Um, if you guys haven't seen this, it's definitely our best growing show right now, which is Stock Market Movers, 1 p.m. Eastern to 2 p.m., where I bring you guys through the headlines, all, all of them. I try to cover everything that I can touch there, sometimes touching as much as 15 headlines, 20 headlines. And then, of course, two expert opinions are always on that show. That's really what the show is about. So check that out. And then, of course, we got at the close with Joel Alconin and myself as we bring you guys into the bell and cover the intraday action. That's going to do it for us right here on Benzinga. Like always, do me the favor, guys. Smash that subscribe button. And you guys can be notified the moment that we go live. I see too many people watching this that aren't subscribed. So hit that subscribe button and let's get you guys on over to live trading. 
Hit the like. I'll see you guys next time. Don't forget, guys, all content is for informational purposes only, not to be used as investment advice, and opinions do not represent those of Benzinga, and hosts and guests may maintain positions in the securities discussed. I'll bring you guys on over to live trading, and smash that like before you get on out of here. Hopefully this is the last time you hear this ad because with Chime checking account, features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and getting paid up to two days early with direct deposit, you can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade to spend more time listening to your favorite podcasts or at least grab yourself an extra morning latte this month. Join millions of Chime members who work on their financial progress with fee-free overdraft and no monthly fees. When you find new ways to save, you can reach your financial goals easier and still have the occasional treat. Take more control of your finances and say goodbye to monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com goals 24. That's chime.com goals 24. Chime feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com slash disclosures for details. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.